Welcome to Zeocast, six questions for industry leaders in unmanned aerial systems, geospatial, and the industries that surround them. Brought to you by Zeo Air. Sit back and enjoy this week's guest. Our guest this week is Darshan Devakaran. Darshan is a technology evangelist, entrepreneur, aviator, and keynote speaker with expertise in unmanned aviation, flight operations, airborne safety, remote sensing, and geospatial analysis. His areas of expertise specifically in unmanned aviation include unmanned traffic management, counter UAS, and urban air mobility. Currently, Darshan is the founding president of AeroVat, a company that focuses on education, integration, training, and outreach to government, industry, universities, and nonprofits all over the world on leveraging emerging technologies. He's also the founding president of AUVSI North Carolina. Welcome, Darshan. Darshan, it is so great to have you on Zeocast. Welcome. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for having me. Wonderful. Well, you have an amazing background. Uh, your work in unmanned aviation, uh, flight ops, uh, your new work in unmanned traffic management, counter UAS and urban air mobility, uh, and geospatial analysis. I mean, I, I'm, I'm loving it. Um, feels like we are kindred spirits here. So we're looking forward to learning a lot more today about, you know, what you're doing and what you've been up to. So tell us a little bit about your current work with Aravat and uh, what you're working on right now in training and safety. Oh, sure. Uh, Aravat uh, focuses on uh, education, integration, uh, training, and outreach uh, to government, uh, industry, universities, and nonprofits uh, on uh, leveraging uh, emerging technologies like unmanned systems, geospatial uh, you know, technology, and uh, uh, AI. Uh, so everything in the emerging technology side, uh, and we're trying to integrate these uh, within operations, procedures, and processes. So our uh, focus has been uh, a lot with uh, uh, state and local government, but uh, along the way, worked with federal industries and everything. So that's uh, uh, you know about my company. We also organize uh, state and local uh, uh, you know training uh, workshops and events. Uh, we have uh, uh, you know we are uh, we have teams uh, uh, you know that are experts in various uh, fields. So we are also subject matter experts. Uh, that can assist, uh, in, uh, you know, from disaster response to uh, routine operation, uh, uh, anything in the routine operation side. Uh, presently, we are working on uh, integrating, uh, you know, more standardized uh, training and education pro uh, plan uh, program. Uh, and it's not just in the industries and the government side, but also at a STEM level and everything. So we are uh -huh. uh, working on that. And also... Uh, uh, working on some state and local workshops uh, that can uh, help uh, those, those states that are really uh, still way back in integrating this technology. Wow, that's a lot. Um, and, and you've got very deep experience and expertise in government, obviously, in the application of drones. Um, how do you think this will scale 
for most local and state and, and federal agencies for that matter. Um, what, you know, how, how will this really scale? And what are the biggest challenges to broad proliferation, do you think, uh, the government faces at, at all levels for uh, expanded uh, drone use? So, uh, you know, we are already witnessing um, many of the agencies using drones for various applications, and it's from surveying uh, infrastructure inspections to disaster response. We are uh, witnessing uh, a lot of success stories and everything. Uh, but at the same time, we're also uh, seeing a lot of research and uh, reports that show the cost, uh, time and, uh, you know, life-saving benefits. So overall, the technology has shown its capability. Uh, but, you know, when it comes to a challenge, uh, I think the biggest, uh, you know, uh, biggest challenge that uh, I have witnessed working with government agencies is uh, there's a lack of real education and acceptance of this technology. Uh, there's a, uh, you know, there's a clear difference between using drones and integrating drones into routine operations. Mm -hmm. uh, many uh, agency uh, management and leadership uh, do approve the use of uh, drones or even the purchase of drones, but are not ready to invest time or money into proper training or proper education to their, uh, you know, their team or their uh, personnel, the drone personnel. Uh, many of the agencies don't even have a selection or qualification process for their drone uh, drone pilots. It's uh, something you know uh, employees uh, volunteer to do, uh, and uh, and sometimes they don't even get paid extra. So there is you know mm -hmm. until that whole uh, culture change you know that comes through you know basically the change has to come through within where the technology has uh, is uh, you know accepted and taken as unmanned aviation. You know it's just like manned aviation. You have unmanned aviation. Uh, this will still be a big challenge to you know, scale. Uh, you will see a lot of users and everything, but the level of uh, scalability is going to be limited because of this big obstacle. Absolutely. Yes, that's, that's not uncommon. I, I've noticed that as, as well. Um, and do you think budgets are playing a, a big part of that? Absolutely. You know, the budgets, uh, uh, you know, take budgets for two, uh, for two purposes, one for purchasing and one for hiring people. Uh, there, there are uh, most of the uh, job positions in many of these agencies are not even drone pilot. Actually, they are mm -hmm. some other position, and their task is to do uh, flying or do other responsibilities along with flying. So uh, the budget, you know, when you hire a person and you are expecting that person to give high quality, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know, work in a high quality environment and everything, you are expecting to pay that amount also, which they don't include in the budget. Uh, and secondly, when you buy technology, you buy technology uh, with also the understanding that this technology will need to be replaced, fixed. Uh, additional technology will need to be bought. So when you approve a budget, uh, say, for example, you have $20,000. And if you spend all that $20,000 uh, and you go back to your management and say you need more money because you need new batteries, you need new sensors and uh, you get a big no. And that's you know, where your program isn't growing and comes to a stagnant stop. Interesting. Yes, uh, very consistent with what I think I, I hear a lot in the industry. Well, when you think about the use case in this instance, uh, especially around emergency response operations, how can the private sector assist uh, the public sector, um, you know, through uh, these kinds of situations to help them, you know, grow and, and, be, and be more effective? 
Sure. Uh, private sector, you know, I have had personal experience working with the private sector during disaster response uh, uh, during Hurricane Florence and Dorian. And it's been a great experience uh, uh, because I, at that time I was under the public uh, sector. So um, the, what I've realized is that the private sector has, uh, you know, better technology many uh, and uh, more personnel uh, to assist. Uh, they really uh, have a better budget. Uh, to uh, you know, uh, include these uh, you know operations. Uh, sometimes disaster response is a voluntary role uh, done by private sector. Some uh, do it uh, for cost. So it, it depends on uh, what uh, you know, sec- uh, you know what uh, approach you take. But if you're able to uh, prove your uh, you know your sa- uh, your operational uh, standards, your safety. Uh, your, uh, you know, your qualifications, your training, and you're able to show that these technology will help the public safe, uh, you know, the public sector uh, to speed up their process or to get data and, uh, you know, uh, faster than if, uh, you know, f- faster than uh, them doing these operations or assisting mm-hmm. them with data management part, you know, uh, there's a lot of things that the private sector can help beyond just flying drones, but uh, even providing consulting and guidance uh, to uh, make sure that the public sector has a good program. So altogether, uh, you know, you just have to uh, start connecting with the public sector. You need to understand what their needs are. You have to understand what their limitations are. You cannot expect just because you have a program or you have a part one or seven or you have a drone uh it's easy to just uh, get you on board. There are processes, there are organizations uh, that are doing this for the public sector, reach out to them, find out how you can assist. And biggest thing, be patient. Uh, you know, you cannot expect results with the, uh, you know, within uh, a day or two, uh, do, and especially during uh, emergency response situation, uh, you want them to accept you even without knowing who you are. That's a difficult thing. So when the environment is good you know when you have say uh, safe skies and blue skies you just need to reach out to them uh, uh, find out their needs and just build a relation so that when a real emergency comes they look up to you or they reach out to you absolutely absolutely um well that you know makes me think about the future a bit and i want to come back and talk a little bit about covid but when i think about where we're going as an industry and what it will take for us to really leapfrog, you know, where we're currently at with the current 107 regulations and a piloted uh, drone operation. Um, the work that you're currently doing with UTM, Unmanned Traffic Management, is, is, is really groundbreaking. Um, how do you see UTM coming to market? You know, when, how can we as operators and owners plan for cost? Um, you know what are you what are your what are your thinking what's your thinking on this sure uh, i the you know when people ask me these question about utm and how we need to prepare and how uh, and when is it coming i tell them that you know it's already here uh, but you know utm as such the you know unmanned traffic management as such is the end goal that we are talking about it's not uh, the first thing it's the end goal uh, to reach there, we first need to overcome obstacles like education, training, and certification. Uh, we have to make sure that uh, you know they, everyone understands that Part 107 does not say or show that you're a safe pilot or even a qualified pilot to fly in the national airspace. Um, so you have to make sure that that right education training is provided. They understand uh, you know what type of operations 
you know if it's complex or in in the complex environment how they have to conduct these operations to that even uh, the whole utm as such the question is uh, you know if you take utm as a cake uh, you know the ingredients to a successful utm or your i mean the word cake is fleet management detect and avoid technology connectivity mm-hmm. so we are already using or testing many of these ingredients as as such you know lances there people are using lances to fly near airports uh, mm-hmm. you know we have discussions on remote id coming so these are all uh, you know your uh, journey towards utm and i would say that fleet management uh, would be the first step uh, or the investment uh, organizations agencies uh, you need to know where your pilot is flying when they are flying or uh, what technology they're using uh, you know making sure that they are uh, they have the training to fly that specific aircraft uh, all the other aircraft uh, systems are have the maintenance done all these things are done on the fleet management and uh, that's one of the biggest thing on utm is knowing where your pilot is and uh, making sure that the pilot is sa- uh, safe and the people around is safe if we are maintaining this path we are getting all these technologies on board the investment is going step by step uh i think we are uh, we'll witness utm mm-hmm. uh, sooner than uh, you know later oh it's going to be vital uh for the future of a safe sky and for all of the uh future based uh initiatives you know delivery and and autonomous capabilities to come to life so we're we're definitely looking forward to it um and you know right now with what's happening in the united states specifically uh although this is a global issue but now talking uh about the uh, national airspace uh that governs the USA um how do you see unmanned being a solution you know in the short term as we address covid um and where do you see that going i mean again i know a lot of your work has been in re- emergency response and the work that you do with governments um what do you think is going to happen and, and and how do you see you know uavs making a big difference sure uh, unmanned is uh, again uh, it's uh, a combination of you know, a lot of emerging technologies uh, doing its work right like ai automation gis all being embedded and integrated to make it unmanned so uh, we are already uh, you know uh, witnessing a lot of examples of this uh, through uh, not just drones but robotics also uh, automated vehicles we are seeing uh, that are integrating these emerging technologies and covid uh, uh, you know in this present environment one thing we have learned uh, or we are learning is that uh, situations can get uh, worse to the point that uh, you know you have to maintain distance uh, you have to ensure uh, and you know when it comes to distance uh, they even say now 6 feet is not enough in certain environments uh, like closed environments and stuff so technologies like this can assist uh, and technologies like this can make our life simpler and safer so uh, it comes back to is uh, it's not just the situation uh, that should define a technology's use but the technology should be safe enough to be used during that situation uh-huh uh-huh very interesting very interesting everything from fever detection to uh the application of of uh uh cleansing um liquids um and are all being currently uh considered uh and used uh and then potential tracking of you know popular uh density of people and and populations as they move about so that this will be very interesting to to watch and see how it unfolds um 
so speaking of catastrophic events, as we're uh, already in that space, uh, having severe public impact, you are hosting a workshop soon on UAV hurricane response. Um, tell us a little bit about that. What will you be covering? What are you doing? I know uh, we are right in the midst of hurricane season and we're not sure what's coming, but what are you working on? Sure. You, uh, you gave the right thing that we are not sure what we are going to be working on basically with the hurricanes. Every year we uh, can, you know, we assume uh, the worst and some, and we are lucky to uh, get uh, a hit, but very light, uh, you know, like a small uh, impact it makes, but you know, hurricane Florence uh, was a major impact. I believe it was like $17 million loss to the state or more, uh, and you know uh, what? What really a technology like drones can do is help with uh, response uh, management, uh, you know, uh, disaster management, and everything. Uh, for especially for state and local agencies, this technology is beneficial. Uh, we know that uh, public safety agencies are using it, DOTs are using it, emergency management is using it. Uh, but the question also comes back: is how are others in using it? The industry, the hobbyists, because you know. Uh, after a hurricane, uh, there, are, there are situations where people uh, need pictures of their uh, houses, uh, okay. their land, uh, to even uh, pictures for social media and stuff. So people start taking out their drone and uh, not knowing uh, the limitations. Uh, during Hurricane Florence, there was a 200 feet uh, you know, a, a limitation put on operations, mm -hmm. but people did not know about it. So uh, overall, education, lack of education is what we have realized, uh, you know. Uh, is the problem here. And uh, AUVSI, North Carolina, where I'm the president of, we have a team uh, that have, you know, gone through these hurricanes. We have gone through situations uh, like this where, uh, where we can educate others. Uh, but at the same time, this workshop, what we do is uh, bring the uh, federal, state, local, military, industry, uh, your uh, uh, you know, your team leaders uh, from the past, uh, 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 you know, past hurricanes and stuff to come together, talk about uh, best practices, talk about a communication plan, uh, you know, uh, situations, uh, you know, talk about the situations that people can avoid and overall uh, educate the state uh, so that they know that, uh, uh, you know, the technology is in safe hands. And if those who want to help out can know uh, the different opportunities that are there. And end of the day, we also, uh, our workshop is going to feature whatever the new technology and software is out there. So, you know, we invite companies uh, and organizations to uh, do a demonstration. Uh, and uh, uh, and then since it's the last Friday of the month, uh, we have our Let's Talk drones where we talk about global news and current news within state and other states. So this time's topic is going to be focused on disaster response. So uh, whatever people have questions, any questions, however small, however big, we try and answer that uh, through these, uh, uh, you know, through the event of Let's Talk Drones. So it's a whole day. It starts from 12 to 6. And uh, we, are, we are hoping that through this uh, session, uh, everyone will be educated. And it's a free session. So we are making sure that everyone, uh, you know, all organizations, agencies uh, somehow mandate their uh, teams to call in and, uh, you know, learn what's going on. And where can we find more information? 
uh, you can go to AUBSI North Carolina. You can search uh, on uh, on Google and everything. But also, if you go to Facebook or LinkedIn, search AUBSI North Carolina, and you'll get the information. It's a Eventbrite link that we have. Uh, but if you have any questions, you can email ncaubsi at gmail.com. Perfect. We'll also put it in the notes here on the podcast. Well, thank you so much. Those have been your six questions. Uh, we really enjoyed having you. We'll have you back to talk about uh, UAM. Um, can't wait to talk about that. Um, so urban air mobility. So stay tuned. Thank you so much, Darshan, for being with us today. Thank you to hear me out. Geocast is a podcast dedicated to all things unmanned and geospatial. Only six questions per guest so you can get the essence of their wisdom. Brought to you by Zeo Air, an outsourced AI-based drone services and data management company. www.zeoair.com